Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Club Pro Chatter, Season 5, Episode 6. Greg Snow coming to you live from the Olivia Golf Club and my co-host, Scotty McDonald, coming to us live from the construction zone. My daughter just came back from Alexandria yesterday and she was taking on some dirt roads, Scotty. Scotty McDonald, where are you live from again? Is it Alex or Glenwood? I always forget. Alexandria, we're uh, live and back. It's uh, We had a little family vacation and uh, excited to be back. Little family vacation. Oh, that's right. You went up north. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit. You went way north, I believe. Right, Scotty? To the end of the universe. Hey, you don't look sunburned, so it must have not been the coldest weather, or I mean the warmest weather. But uh, we'll get into that maybe a little bit when we have some uh, a major announcement to make uh, later in our show. We'll save that for, uh, for uh, late on the agenda. So, Scotty... Um, Want to first start off by apologizing. It is uh, June 28th on the top of my agenda. Excuse me, July 28th. On the top of my agenda, I have July 21st. And there's a reason why I need to apologize is that was my fault. Um, I thought I had time to get down to the uh, to the dump. Uh, the snows were cleaning out some old uh, bedroom suites and an old grill. And we went down to the dump, which is five miles south of uh, Olivia, pulled up into the dump station you know, where you get weighed. And we sat there for 10 minutes and we had nothing. And I, I didn't, uh, there was a phone number. We tried that. Oh, we heard it ring inside, but nothing changed. So we ended up having to go down to Redwood, which is another 15 miles. So I'm sitting there going, oh, I got to ask the club pro chatter people if we can move this because I'm not going to make it back. And you guys all so really accommodated because you're all good people. And uh, you said, gee, we get it. And so we had to move this. So I apologize for that. Scotty, what do you got? Well, I should apologize too, because we had to move it due to me as well. So this has been a mess, but it's worked out because now we've got the full team together for the first time in as long as I can remember. So it's very exciting to see everyone uh, on this show. Uh, apologies. Uh, again, I called the Fortinet tour, the McKenzie tour last time. Jack called me out on it. Um, even though it, in my defense, it hadn't went into effect yet as the Fortinet tour. So uh, there's that. And then Jack does have some apologies. Remember, we kind of, kind of grilled him. And, uh, you know, as he does sometime under the pressure, he kind of, he waffled a little bit. So um, how did the players get corn fairy status? He didn't know. So the top 10 players of the Fortinet Cups point list get corn fairy status the top player is fully exempt on the corn fairy tour and also gets an exemption in the rbc canadian open so that's a pretty cool yeah that's a pretty cool um thing um you don't get you don't go straight from the the tour to pga tour nobody gets full tour status so you work your way up to corn fairy and then um since it's inception how many uh 56 players have graduated to the pga tour 14 players for 16 wins but actually now it's 17 after this most recent win by tony finau at the 3m open because he's a graduate of the tour so those were some of it and some of the names on there nick taylor tony finau um mackenzie hughes aaron wise adam long Corey connors ct pan Joel Damon, Cam Davis, Taylor Gooch, who left us, Sepp Straka, uh, 
and JJ Spawn. So those are some of the higher profile names. So pretty good list of players, a lot of young and up and comers. Yeah. And Jack got back to us right away. He wanted to get it right. This is a big deal for Craigans. It's a big deal yep. for him. Uh, they're very excited about the idea that they, uh, uh, that they're hosting this. And so he wanted to get this stuff right and good for him. You know, you and I, we had to just, ah, whatever, maybe apologize, but he wanted to get this stuff um, uh, as, as correct as possible. So Scott, there's a couple different things that we need to talk about with that real quick. Um, there is an open qualifier, I believe on that Monday at Deacon's Lodge that uh, I've had a guy, you know, that uh, one of my better players here, he talked about trying to qualify and then there's also the uh, the points race for the Minnesota section that I believe somebody we know in. Is that? Is that I, I, snuck, I, I, I snuck in. I saw Tone after Luther at the Yacht Club, and I played all right there. I got some points, and he said, before you, um, you were like less than a point from getting on. I was in 26 eked my way up. Um, so, hey, the goal is to get in that top 25. You got yeah. a chip in a chair, right, Greg? Yeah. yeah, it's not like the points accumulate. It starts, I mean, it's just whoever shoots the lowest now, correct? Uh, yes. 25. Derek Holmes, I did hear, asked Tone if he could start at eight under of, during the qualifier because he led the points race, kind of like the FedEx Cup does for not the, the Tour Championship. Yeah, Tour Championship. No, that isn't how this works. Yes, yes. And, so and what and, day is that, Scotty? Is that August 8th? Is that coming up really quickly? Yes, it is August 8th. It's it's a week from this uh, next Monday. So am I correct? I mean, I know I'm jumping the gun here. Well, well, we'll get to us a little bit later, but those were the apologies and some of the corrections that we need to make. Let's bring on uh, Tone if we could. Uh, it's been a while. Again, we were supposed to do this last week. So we are going to talk about the state open. That was the last major that we had. Um, you know, big event and uh, Scotty and Tone uh, talk us through. You both were on site with that. Uh, let us know what happened. Yeah, it was um, it was a good three days. I mean, my biggest thing, obviously, with the state open and even Tate Mark for three days of golf in an event is weather wise. And we were pretty fortunate um, not having to have anything there. Um, but in regards to the competition, um, I thought Bunker was a, was a great host site. You know, we increased the length of the rough and I thought it played, um, you know, tough for the players and, but also provided some good scoring opportunities. Um, I think one of the cool things that we had is in the final group going into the last day, two section pros were in that final group, which I know we talked earlier in the podcast earlier this year about a section pro winning the state open. And, you know, it was pretty, it was pretty close uh, this year. And we had, um, you know, Derek Holmes and Eric Rowland finish high up there and uh, it was it was cool to see and obviously Van Holmgren winning um him and Caleb Van Erigen kind of just fought it out that last back nine and just kept going birdies and and you know it was just it was just a great event to see. Tone did you see 14 under out there when you uh and Scotty you can chime in here too because you played in it did you guys see that kind of a number with the setup of the rough uh you know bunkers very straightforward but you know, again, it, it can play tough at times. So was that a number that you envisioned? I, well, so last year Chaska was, I think, 12. And so I thought Bunker would maybe be around there or maybe a little less. So I, I kind of thought that's where it was going to end up. You know, you could, some of these players, you know, you could set up whatever. They'll still find ways to, to make good scores. Um, I was a little, I guess, with the 
eight under after round two. I thought that was lower than what I thought. I thought we were going to get to like, you know, 10 under or so by then. But so I was like, oh, maybe the score would be, you know, 11 would win it or whatever. But um, yeah, both Van and Caleb just kind of took it off and fought it out the last few holes. Yeah, I think uh, Bunker is is a great golf course if you hit it 300 plus. You can get to all the par fives. It, I mean, you can hit irons off the tee on some of those tighter holes. Um, it's, yeah, I, I think that I wasn't, I was thinking 12 uh, just with, with the level of players and you look at the field and you look at the, the top, I mean, the top tens, you know, hats off to, to Eric and Derek and even Thomas Campbell. Uh, who was in that top 10 as well um, for section guys. It's, it's, it's pretty impressive. I was obviously I'm good friends with Eric Rowland and I know Derek well too. So we are cheering for those guys. It's um, but you just felt like a van who's not in college anymore now is pro, but Caleb who's a college player. It felt like somebody was going to go low the last day and the conditions were good course was set up well and yeah they went seven under and six under and it was just kind of a battle which was fun to follow did you get out there and watch it all tone yeah i was out, i was out there a lot on the more of the back nine um obviously i wanted to watch one hole in particular to see how that would play out i don't know if we talked about it on the podcast hole 17 at bunker um but other than that yeah i was out there and kind of followed the last few groups in the, like the last five six holes Bone, did you have a chance to talk to Van after and get kind of, I mean, saw him a couple years ago at Rush Creek. He was part of the battle with Brady Madsen, who, uh, of course, was from Olivia, but not really from Olivia. Uh, Brady was also in the mix here again at six under. Uh, but did you get a chance to talk to Van after? Do you know his plans? I, I see the P by his name. Um, is he going to try to chase one of the tours? What's going on with his story? Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't talk to him specifically about his plans. I mean, obviously, I saw him after the state open. Um, where he almost qualified for the 3M Open, and he was in a playoff over the last two spots. Um, yeah, I don't know specifically. I mean, I know he has some status on the maybe the Canada Tour, so I know we, he got that exemption into the CRMC, so I, I imagine he's planning on playing in that. Um, but, yeah, I don't know too much. I think he's just, you know, I would probably have to ask him exactly what his plans are. Scotty, did you get any wind or any? Well, yeah, I know he played, uh, obviously he started at NDSU and then he went down and played, I believe in Florida. And yeah, I think he's playing some Dakota's tour events. Um, I, I think was, and yeah, the state open wind obviously got him some exemptions with that, you know, obviously up at Craigens, but I just got to say, like, I've played with Van at the Open, State Open at Stone Ridge probably five or six years ago. And I was like, man, this guy hits it as far as I've seen, but he's got no clue where it's going. Like, just some shots that were 30 to 40 yards off. Um, and that was right before he went to NDSU. And he's really toned his game on I mean he's always been able to make a lot of birdies he's contended in state ams he's contended in state opens um and has probably been one of the best players in the state in the last three four years especially during the summer so uh not surprising to see uh I believe he's been working on his game with Snyder so 
uh, clearly he's got it dialed in and, and yeah, a good week for him, the state open and then almost getting into the 3M. That would have been awesome if he could have gotten to the 3M. All right. The Van Aragon family, uh, I think, uh, Catherine is Caleb's sister. Is that correct? That's correct. So do they have any other siblings that like understand how to play this golf game? I think it's just them two. And yeah. And you know, they take both take lessons from the doctor, Dr. Luke Benoit and Catherine, I think is in the mix at the women's state am currently, which is at Rochester first round was yesterday. Caleb is very solid. He's at Valparaiso. Catherine's going to St. Thomas next year. It's going to be fun to watch them. They work hard on it. They, uh, they're great players, really, really good players. So Eric Roll talk a little about him. He had a chance. I don't consider Roland a bomber. He must have really had a game going. He um he uh, had it deep after the first two rounds. I was he ten under shot even his last round. Eight so under. Eight under. Eight under through two was leading tone. Is that correct? He was leading. Yeah. Did he um did he give any any indication of what happened in his last round or did he just uh, kind of run into a buzzsaw and couldn't find any birdies? What what was going on with with that? Uh, you know, I, I talked with Eric a little bit after the second round because I was late and he was in the morning. And I just said, so what's going on? Are you just hitting well? You know, you know, he's like, he worked on getting his ball flight a little bit higher because it's it's a little bit softer at Bunker just because it is a public course and they keep it, you know, green. So you're not getting as much roll. So he's hitting it. He started hitting it a little bit higher. Um, and he said, that's all he was thinking about. And Eric, uh, I, I mean, I put him in the top five as, uh, of wedgers and short game of, uh, of our section guys year after year. So I know he's not going for those par fives and two. So I think he was wedging it well and making some putts. And then it's just, it's just a law of averages. Like if you're laying up all the time and trying to attack par fives for a hundred yards, versus guys that are hitting it on the green in two, they're just going to make more birdies. And that's ultimately what I think happened. I don't think Eric was disappointed with how he played in the final round. I mean, yeah, would he have liked to shot six under to win? For sure. But a third place showing for him at, right. I mean, 40, 46 is pretty impressive. Hey, Tone, um, uh, we have something uh, that happened at the uh, at the Luther Pro Series that we want to let you on. Uh, next 2023 state opens at Oak Ridge, and we're on the driving range. And Don Barry says to Scotty, "That's it. He's done with state opens." Scotty puts a wager out there. It says, "It's Oak Ridge next year. You're playing for sure." And Don doubled down, says, "No, I'm not." What side of the coin do you want to be on on that one? Don's playing. <laughs> Don's plan. <laughs> okay. We need to talk about this a little bit because people don't know it and it's an absolutely unbelievable stat. And I think it might be one of his great achievements is he has a lot 40, of them, Yes. 41 state opens, 41 cuts made. That's crazy. I know. Okay, so the math says that he's 60. He's 60. He's 60. So he was 19? Yeah. In his first one? I believe so, made, yeah. And he made every last cut? Yes. Huh? 
never once had a bad day? He's had bad days, and he's had to grind a couple of times the last couple of years to make the cut. Uh, I think this year even he, what, chipped in on his second-to-last hole on day two, and he was he was clear by one or two. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's impressive, and I think personally, I think Oak Ridge sets up well for him. So I fully believe he's going to play. Well, you said that you, uh, I think you got a small little wager out there. I don't think anybody's going to get rich off it, but I think you got something uh, going with Don and we'll see what happens with that. All right, Tone, thanks a lot. Appreciate that. But before you go, Scott wants to uh, say something to you about our open picks, the <laughs> open picks. And he, um, you know, Scott's been running the table here. Uh, were you three for three, Scotty? On the pick, it was three pages. for three. Yes. All right, but but Scott uh, Scott would like to. I, I think since you came up with the game, we picked four players. We did total money, and um, you would text me and said congratulations to this person. But I'll let you announce the uh, the winner of the British Open picks. Yeah, this was going to be one of my apologies too to all my fans out there cheering me on for the Grand Slam and the picking. Just not going to happen this year. Three out of four isn't bad, but. Uh, Tone, congratulations. Uh, solid Cam Smith pick. Um, surprisingly, I re-listened to the episode, as I do most weeks or most times, and he was the second-to-last pick, which yeah. is crazy. And when they, when they talked about what is going to be the most important at St. Andrews, it's lag putting and putting. And Cam just out-putted everybody. And Jack Warrow had the prohibitive favorite. Rory McIlroy was the first pick. And Rory looked like he, he was going to – there was no chance. Cam faltered a little bit on Saturday, but Cam just, just putted the eyes out of it on Sunday. And it was fun to watch. So congrats to you. You get to wear that hat now until next April. Yeah, you know, I have been in a lot of pools. I haven't won many of them. So I'll, I'll take this little victory lap. Well, you deserved it. Uh, again, with the last second to last pick in the draft, we all had a shot at him, Scotty, multiple times. Best I had was Dustin. Best you had was Fitzy, uh, which I thought Fitzy played pretty good. Um, it, it, it was, uh, I don't want to say it was never in doubt because if Rory had won, uh, Jack really didn't have many other players. Will didn't do great. Leishman, I, I think he might have missed the cut. Leishman missed the cut. EVRWD before the tournament check. <laughs> so, so if, um, if Tone, we'd had to really do some math because Shoffley and Shoffler were Tone's other picks, and uh, you know Shoffler was doing um, was doing well. Um, Scheffler, I'm sorry, I, I combined the two. You combined the two. I combined the two. Scheffler was doing well. He kind of quit on Sunday, and I think Shoffley finished what twentieth. He finished back a little bit. He was right. He was in the top 25 for sure. Yeah, but I, I again, he wasn't threatening. So if Rory had won, we'd had to really do some math because it might have got close there was my point. Uh, but with Cameron Smith winning, it was um, it was obvious. So congratulations, Tone. Great job. Hi. All right, let's bring on let's bring on Kaylee. We haven't had Kaylee in a while, Scotty. You've had to pull the uh, You've had to pull the wagon for a little bit on the state of the section, but we got her back. So it Kaylee, has been a while. Kaylee, bring us some good stuff with the section. Yeah, well, a first huge shout out to Tom Hoagie. Our friend Tom Hoagie has donated $50,000 to the Minnesota section. 
which is a huge gift, a great honor. We're super stoked that he, you know, has chosen us for this gift. Um, so this money has moved towards the junior golf space and it has helped our mini and prep tour members. This past season, um, they got one event for free, which is really cool. Um, a really cool thing to get kids interested in the game of golf and his gift continues for the next couple of years. Yeah, Kaylee, that's really big news. We heard about this after his victory at Pebble, uh, Pebble Beach and uh, nothing had fully to fruition yet until the announcement was made. And uh, we just uh, can't thank Tom enough. And of course, this makes it really easy for us to cheer for him in every event. Not that we weren't anyways, but you know, when a guy does something like this, that, I mean, 50K is stupid money, Scotty. I, I just, um, it's super impressive. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I found it awesome. I saw the press release on the PGA Tour and Tom and his wife both were members of the Players Tour, went through it. And so it's, it's, it's a great story of knowing your roots and giving back to it. So it's, it's, it's awesome. Can't thank them enough. Hopefully someday I can see him in person and thank him because it's, it's, it's great. Yeah, I don't, we're going to probably bring Tone back on at some point, but uh, I'm guessing they cross paths because Tone, uh, Tone was on that first tee a little bit, but um, boy, that's, that's a wonderful deal. So thanks for bringing that to us, Kaylee. Again, that's, that's something we're super proud of. Yeah, for sure. So secondly, just a great shout out to the 3M. This was a new thing that they had offered to us this year. As you know, we partner with them for our junior scholarship. And they actually had our scholarship winners out. Um, it was for the golf for all day at the 3M, which is a really cool honor. Our scholarship winners got to go out there and be recognized in front of a huge crowd. And it was just a really cool opportunity for them. Uh, I know the kids that attended had a really fun time. So thanks to them. Oh my goodness. That's, that just hit me, uh, Kaylee. I had somebody, one of my members the other day say to me, you know what my dream is, Greg? And I'm like, no, what, what is it? He goes, I want to play in front of a crowd. And I was like, I was like, that's interesting. I go, mm -hmm. I didn't think that that would be something, but that is something that those kids will probably, cause they got to play, right? Um, they didn't get to play necessarily, but they were just recognized. Oh, um, and like kind of an award ceremony thing. Okay. Um, but they, I mean, they got full access to the grounds. They got to see it. They got to bring, you know, two guests, two or three guests. So it was a really cool experience for them, I think. Oh, so they were introduced in front of everybody. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, they didn't have to get all nervous. Then at that <laughs> yeah, not yet. <laughs> you, know, you know how you feel, Scotty. You're, you're used to being introduced and played in front of crowds. You know what that's about. Yeah, but <laughs> there's not many people watching me. Let's be honest, Craig. What are you talking about? You're a top 25 CRMC player. <clears throat> yeah, but uh, not like tour. Could you imagine hitting a shot on 17 at the 3M with the grandstands there? No, I can't. Kaylee, how many uh, scholarship winners did we have with that? Um, five were able to attend. We have eight total, but five okay. were able to show up in person. That's awesome deal. That's, uh, we had some fun with the 3M. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Tone, are you still uh, available? Did you, uh, do you get to, uh, do some announcing over there and you did like every day? Did you take PTO for this or was that on the clock? No, it was all on the clock. Uh, so Scotty, we're okay with that, right? Oh yeah. He's, yeah. he's, he's where he's wearing the badge and uh, he's, he's shaking hands. He's trying to 
just uh, talk to somebody else and maybe Tom Hoagie will find the next Tom Hoagie. That's right. Tone, give us a little bit of your 3M experience. Yeah, no, it was, um, it was awesome, you know, obviously to come back, do it again. Um, first two days were off a whole 10, uh, you know, and then so a couple of just hour shifts and just talked to some players. Uh, one of the cool stories was in our uh, Monday qualifier, one of the qualifiers, was, his name was Andre Metzger. Um, he was an older individual, really. He's never qualified for a tour event before from Scottsdale, Arizona, and he kind of pushed through kind of that playoff. Um, so I talked to him, obviously, after the playoff about the experience, and then um, the PGA Tour live crew, or one of them, was kind of documenting his experience for the week. And so they started at Victory Links, and then they got him all the way through the first uh, his first tee, which I announced him on Thursday. So it was kind of cool to see that. Um, you know, then obviously Saturday, Sunday off of hole one was a great experience. Um, I did speak to Tom Hogan. I said thank you to him. So that was really nice. And um, yeah, it's just, you know, uh, all the players, you know, most of them are really good. And the, you know, I think, you know, coming back in the second year, it's a little more comfortable doing it. And I did have to do uh, some, well, not, I didn't do official rulings, but go over rulings for set the second day and uh, go over preferred lives that they played that day. So it gave me something a little more than just, you know, here's your scorecard and order a play. So Tone, you, uh, you did it last year. You were asked to come back. Scott, it, I mean, what is it like to do it one year and then not be asked back? Well, in my defense, let's just uh, let's just put it this way: the last name that I announced on the first tee was out of Rancho Santa Fe, California, Colin Morikawa. So that's a pretty good one to end up. So what happened? Do you think? Did you screw up too many names like I do? Or? Well, here's here's the greatest story. You guys are gonna love this. So it's Chandler Withington and I. We're on the tee. We're rotating groups. And, you know, we had some good players come through, DeChambeau, Charles Howell III, do we see a trend? All these guys that are jumping ship. <laughs> Anyways, so Charles Howell III, hands down, nicest guy in the world. So a group comes up. I'm like, this is perfect. It worked out for me. Two Scots, Scott Brown, Scott Piercy. And we start talking, and I'm like, well, my name's Scott. And we're like, we got three on the first tee. Who's the oldest? Piercy's the oldest. So... I get up and I'm like, out of Las Vegas, Nevada, Scott Percy. I said Percy instead of Piercy. And he like gave me a look. He gave me this look, which he gave that look a lot on Sunday because he wasn't making any putts. <laughs> he gave me the same look. So maybe that's why. Scott's uh, been a proud supporter of the event since. And maybe he's like, yeah, that 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 guy that guy can never come back. He's gone. He gone. So, but I will. I'm going to ask Tone this, and I thought it was very cool seeing that Tone got to announce Jeff Sorensen, our section member, who played in the 3M this week. But Tone, wouldn't you agree? I'm sure the feel on the weekend's a lot different. It's a lot more serious. The guys aren't very. Most of the guys not very chatty. They're just kind of in their zone. They're like they're locked in. They know what they want to do. They've got their routine. They're like, hey, nice to meet you. And that's pretty much it. Very little chitter chatter. Wouldn't you agree, Tone? Yeah, there's not really much, you know, obviously, um, you know, some of the players that I saw multiple days, 
you know, you may be like after a day or so you warm up, but you're not really chatting with any of them too much. Um, probably the, the nicest tour pro on the tee that I had was Peter Malnati. He always acknowledged the crowd, acknowledged me, acknowledged the volunteers. And, you know, you would announce his name and he'd like look at you or he'd be like, oh, thank you so much. And I'll look at the crowd and say thanks. Um, so that was cool to see. But um, yeah, you know, it's kind of like those, they just kind of get in their zone. And, you know, sometimes like they don't grab their card or they're doing whatever. I just kind of have to go up to them and say, here's this, this is the order. And you kind of feel like you're interrupting them. But it's like, well, I, you got to take this at some point. Like they should, they should know. So um yeah no that was really cool I mean one one story from last year I had was was Ben Crane um which I think he played this year but he didn't make the cut but he texted me um before the Monday qualifier last year and he was asking me to move his tea time I'm like no Mr. Crane we can't we can't do that so then I saw him on the 3M Hofen day and I was like hey Mr. Crane you know I just want to introduce myself on tone and, and you know he's like oh you're the guy you're the guy who was texting the guy who I was told to, to talk to. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he just kind of walked away. And then he looked back at me and he's like, man, you're a lot younger than I thought you'd be. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was kind of a cool story, but I didn't have too much of that. But um, yeah, touching on Sorny, you know, that was, that was another highlight there. And, um, you know, I asked a lot of the tour, like they give you a script and they kind of want you to follow the script and they don't want you to go too much. And um, when I got, went to the, to the rules van before the first day I asked him like can I throw in something for Sorensen um in addition to just saying his name and his hometown and I said I, I know they asked me well, what you want to do I said I want to announce him as the 2021 Minnesota PGA player of the year and based on the grouping they, they let me do it and he had a lot of lot of local support uh we got video of that which is really cool um and yeah it was just it was just awesome atmosphere for him and he got some applause on that first hole, obviously in his approach shot. I think he hit it well. So it was, it was a good start for him. Good stuff. Yeah, we still are in state of the section, Kaylee. Do you got any more for us? <laughs> Just one quick shout out. Uh, Junior PGA Championship is coming up August 2nd through the 5th. And we had some qualifiers from our Minnesota section. So Jack Schrader and Ryan Stendhal are headed out there along with Catherine Van Erigan and Reese McCulley. So good luck. Where, guys. Where are they going? They're going to Cog Hill. Ooh, Chicago. Mm -hmm. Yep. The Windy City. And that's Derek Stendhal's son, correct? Correct. Yep. Good for him. That's awesome to see our PGA professionals kids doing well. Scotty, you got some of those kids that might be uh, heading up in the ranks here soon, huh? Well, I will have to say, just as we're talking state of the section, humble dad brag, the girls went to the drive, chip, and putt up at Rose Creek, Mr. Cook's facility. And uh, Amelia McDonald has advanced on to the next stage, which is at Osgood on August 5th, which dad will not be able to be there because he'll be at Braemar. So mom is going to be caddying and helping her out. Wow, priorities. You're going to choose a little tournament over, over hey. being a good dad. I told Julie, it's just the start. We can't make everything, Greg. You don't make yeah. everything. Yeah, I'm a big believer in that, Tone and Kaylee. I, I do I do think that we've overcoddled in this uh, in society. So I'm uh, I, I agree with it. So, Kaylee, anything else to add for the uh, state of the section? That's it for this week. All right, thanks, you guys. Really appreciate it, Scotty. Let's move on to next topic, which is kind of 
Uh, it was, it was going to be in your state of the section, but people like to know how bad you're whipping on me. Um, I've really, I've really fallen apart a couple of times when I had you beat. Uh, I went bogey, double bogey finish at uh, White Bear. Um, I actually had a shot to uh, take you at your home track at Faribault here. The last, I, I've only played in two events in July. It's been pretty quiet for me, but, and then Eagle Creek, you know, way back, I uh, double bogeyed the last hole to let you have that win. I believe it's 11 to two right now. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I think you're right. Um, what do we, when's our next matchup going to be? Bremer. 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 I call it Bremer. It's Bremer. Bremer. Yeah, we, we, it just chalk it up to those mispronunciations. I have a lot Schoffler, of them. Schoffler. Schoffler and Schoffler. What did I say? Schoff Schoffler. Schoffler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's perfect. So we've got that. You're not playing the spam? No, I've got those. Uh, how about Crosswoods? Are you doing that? I am not. Geneva? Geneva, I'll be at that one. Hey, uh, this, is the big, this is the big matchup. Geneva, where our teams tied last year for first place. Remember that? I do remember, and I think you guys beat us in the playoff, right? Yeah, the scorecard playoff. Yeah, because we got second. So it gave us some motivation to go back and do better. We really played great. We had a couple chip-ins. I think we had 11 natural birdies uh, in our group, which, um, you know, which, again, when you don't have a lot of handicap, you got to do that. But we played great. So, all right, more to come. August is thick. we got a lot of stuff, and we're going to get to that in a little bit. But just like every other piece of media, i got to ask you some of the latest and greatest live uh, things that are happening and uh, what's going on in that world. It is uh, snuck in to affecting the PGA of America, Scott. Um, I think this is what I'm most upset about. We'll get into that a little bit as we, uh, I know we're a long ways away from the Ryder Cup. I haven't heard much deal about the President's Cup. Uh, don't know where that lands with the live guys and how that all looks. But uh, bottom line is I would like to um, get your take on the latest um, Obviously, some new guys going over, like you say, Charles Howell, one of the nicest guys out there. Scotty, overall, I got my question is, are you mad, sad, or other with the guys who have gone over to live? Uh, I guess I, I, I'm other because I don't blame the guys that are going over there. You look at where they're at, at their careers for the most part. As we've talked, it's uh, they they could be in contention, most of them, but a lot of them, for the most part, you wouldn't say they're in their prime. So I, I don't blame them for trying to maximize their value. Um, I, I, I am utterly sad just because we've got events now, the 3M Open, this week, Rocket Mortgage, that this has been a strategic um, dismantling of the PGA Tour because now what you've got is these events that aren't premier events. The field is is very, very thin. And the one guys that used to be able to carry it, the household names, the Charles Howells, the uh, you know Sergio Garcias, they're not playing in those events anymore. So those events are losing in value. And as you know, if you don't have a great field, a good size field for a pro-am, Think about the event at Eagle Creek. Are the sponsors going to kick in for a less than up to par event? And that's where I'm very scared. I'm not scared for 
Bay Hill or the Memorial. I'm right. scared for these events. And yeah, that's, that's what makes me sad because yeah, I feel like, yeah. Scotty, the 3M was perfect. I think Patrick Reed's played in the 3M. Is that correct? Yes. In the past? DeShambo, DJ, Kepka, yeah. all those guys. They were the right. premier people. So, and now you're hearing Matsu, sorry to cut you off. Now you're hearing Matsuyama is going to be the next one. And then that happens at the end of the 3M and EWDs. It, it was a very, it felt weird. Yeah, and a new one is Bubba Watson too, which actually doesn't shock me. I think he's going to, and then they're going to cut it off because there's only 48. They did a story on the eight guys who've already been bumped out that were down in the bottom uh, a rung, you know, and now they're going to have a play-in type of a deal to, to figure out next year's 14 events where the purse is just astronomical. Okay, next question. I don't want to get too in the weeds here because this is important to what we do. Yeah. We are the PGA of America. We're part of it. Um, this is a big deal to us. The Ryder Cup is huge. How do you, if you're, if you're involved in the decision-making of what's going forward, Scott, how are you right now going to save the Ryder Cup? What are you going to do? And I hate to use those words because maybe it doesn't need saving. You can go down that road if you want. But right now, a year and, oh boy, what are we, a year and two months away what are you going to do? Obviously, the Stenson news is huge. I think it's huge. Um, we, they don't, Europe does not have a Ryder Cup captain right now. Uh, I mean, it's just crazy to think about. What are you going to do if you're part of that decision-making? Talk to me. Well, technically, I am somewhat involved just based on a leadership standpoint. And that is you, true. Yeah, You do have I, input. Yeah, so it, it's, and we've got an annual meeting prior to it, which I'm sure that that will be a big discussion. Um, I think the biggest thing that you need to look at is what is the criteria going to be for the Ryder Cup? Because the criteria certainly points can be accumulated in events, the Masters, the U.S. Open, the PGA, and the Open Championship. Now, some of these players that have left, uh, aren't playing tour events each week, but they're still playing the majors as of right now. So someone, let's say for instance, Sergio Garcia, doesn't play a tour event and wins multiple majors next year. You're, he would be on that points list for the Ryder Cup. So you need to figure out what is the points gonna be and how is that gonna work? But the biggest thing ultimately that, that needs to be determined is right now, in order to play in the Ryder Cup, you need to be a PGA member. In order to be a PGA member, you need to be a PGA Tour member, which the live players are not. So that is the biggest thing that needs to be determined is that criteria. Is that going to be changed or is it not? And if it isn't, then there's no way that these guys can play in the, in the Ryder Cup. So your push, Scott McDonald, when you're down in uh, when you're down in Arizona in November, you're gonna push to uh, have an exemption, or are you gonna push to to just go with different players? I, I again, when John Rom says I want Sergio on my team, doesn't that scream that he's saying, "Come on, it's okay. I get it that you got to kick him off the DP or whatever, but they've qualified. They're good enough. They're our top guys. They draw a crowd because again." So, you know, those guys that are kind of the nice guys, 
They don't get both sides of it, right? Sergio gets watched because you love him or you hate him. One of the two. And it's just the greatest thing. So which side, what are you thinking, Scotty? Are you going to push to get rid of that one little clip it for the rule or, or what? I, I don't, I don't know what the great answer is here. Yeah. And as you can see, I don't know either. I haven't made up my mind on what it is. I value what we've got as PGA members and how we've had it in the past and why we have it that way. Um, I just, it, and clearly we've done it right. I will give the PGA of America a lot of credit. We haven't made a rash decision and said, here's what we're going to do. We can, we have the, we have the ability to wait it out because the Ryder cup isn't until next fall. So I think they're doing their due diligence. And I know that it's, I know for a fact that it's being talked about at the highest level. I I'm sure on a regular basis because the Ryder cup is a big deal. Um, the one thing I will say that I thought about this morning on a side note is the PGA championship is now increasing in value. If you let the live players play, it is, we only now have four times a year where the best players in the world are competing against each other. And the PGA championship is one of those events. So it is clearly increasing in value because of that. It's one it's, they're limited commodities now. It used to be 10, 12, 14 events a year. Now it's just four. That's it. So a separate topic, you want the live guys still eligible for these majors, correct? Well, if they, if they qualify through the exemptions, which is going to be a lot tougher because it's based on, you know, tour or uh, it's. But not for know, Phil Mickelson. No, for past champions, not a big deal. You know, guys that have won majors in the last five, not a big deal. But a Hen like a Henrik Stenson, his open championship win still might not get him into the PGA championship. And he's clearly not going to get in through PGA Tour right. top 30 money right. or anything like that. So it's going to be tougher for a lot of them. Bubba Watson, I don't know how he'd get exempt into the PGA championship right now. He's never won it. His master's wins have went too, back too far. He's 80. Second in the world, he's probably not exempt. Right, that's a really good so, point. Okay, more to come, Scotty. We're going to hit this topic. I mean, we have to, of course. It's it's actually once it affects your pocketbook, um, you have to start looking at it. Right, until it affected the pocketbook, oh, whatever. But now, when we're talking Ryder Cup, yeah, it's a big deal. Can we bring Tone back on? We got some uh, some major news. Many of you have already heard about it, but we here at Club Pro Chatter. We want to be the leaders in tournament golf. We want to be the people that you get your tournament golf info, Minnesota section wise. We've talked about this with state opens uh, and we've got big news that has already gone out, but we want to talk about it here. I don't know which one of you two wants to make this announcement. Scotty, we should probably put it on you. And then no, it isn't me. Tone well, can make the decision. Why not? Or make the announcement because Tone's, the director of competitions of the okay. Minnesota PGA. Okay, but I thought maybe the secretary of the PGA maybe that would have some say in this. <laughs> Tone, are you okay with making this major announcement uh, that's going to affect, let's see, last year we had 100 and some players, so going to affect some people. So go ahead, Tone, give it to us. Yeah, no, I'll um, I'll, I'll make the announcement. So um, about this last week, we made um, the decision and sent it out to the membership that 
the site for the Minnesota PGA um, Professional Championship this year is going to be changed to Minnewasa Golf Club. Um, and then in 2023, we are going to re we are going to return to the wilderness uh, at Fortune Bay. Um, so just, you know, the northern kind of territory kind of that far up has had a has a had a tough winter. And uh, we just want to make sure that um, the host facility and everybody you know, has a great um, time and is represented well. So, um, you know, we thank the wilderness and Ryan Peterson and all their staff for kind of working with us on that. And we're excited to return there next year. And we are thankful to Minnewasa Golf Club for um, in such a quick time frame, um, deciding to uh, pick up the event and host it um, next month. So um, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a good event. So first question about this, because uh, I'm sure all the listeners who heard this are probably thinking the same thing. Um, what kind of hush money did Scott have to put in to uh, get this? <laughs> I'm I'm just kidding. Uh, break it down a little bit for us. Uh, I I don't think it's any any secret that there's been some clubs up in the North that have had a tough winter. I mean, we saw it at the preserve. Uh, it just, it just takes a long time to get the, we have tea boxes here at Olivia that are still bad from a year ago. It just takes time to get some of these things back. So Scott explain some of the process. Ryan's been great through all this. And again, moving these type of events is not as easy as it sounds. There's so many moving parts to this, that um, this took an act of Congress more or less to do. So, Talk us through a little bit of that, Scotty. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I, first off, I was very excited to go to Wilderness. That's where the first section championship that I played at and actually qualified for in my first one. So I loved the place. I was just up there and we stayed in Ely. I drove by it. I didn't play because it was a family vacation, but we ultimately drove by it a couple of times and I just loved the place. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. And it's, but yeah, as you mentioned, multiple courses have had some issues coming out of the winter and we we wanted to make sure that we put the wilderness in a positive light when they host it and we want that experience to be great for the players but also great for the facility it's a it's a big pr and marketing chip for um the facilities to say hey we hosted the minnesota pga professional championship so that was we not only wanted to protect the integrity of the event, but also the integrity of the club. So that was a big thing. And we did as a section, I hats off the tone JD, um, they did their due diligence and made sure like the communication was open. It wasn't just like, Hey, we're going to switch this. And then when you're talking about switching it, there's only so many facilities that number one, have it available on their calendar. It's six weeks away. Number two, have to be a club car facility, which is the biggest caveat of it, of it all, that it has to be a club car facility. And uh, yeah, it, number three that are willing and say, hey, I'm, I'm willing to partner with the PGA. So the list uh, was, there wasn't a long list because it's not like we go into a year and say, here's our contingency plan. If, if whatever the event is, if Southview can't host the state opener, uh, Bunker can't hold or whatever, you know, you know what I mean? So your tape mark, you're talking about if something, yes, yep, if something yep, comes yep. up with that and all of a sudden you got to make a quick switch and tone, just so people are clear, this doesn't make it any easier on you. Um, this probably makes things a little bit more difficult for a tournament. I know uh, we had a big, big storm come through a Saturday and I had a huge tournament and all I could think about was I don't have any reschedule option. This, this has to happen. 
you know, and so for tournament directors, it's like, this isn't fun. Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely, uh, you know, it was definitely a couple, you know, weeks of thinking about and trying to get everything done. And, you know, like I said, but, you know, working with Minnewaska and the wilderness, it was a, it was, a, it was quite, you know, like Scott said, open communication, quite easy. It wasn't stressful. There wasn't any, you know, back and forth. It was like, let's make it the best for the event, you know, thinking about the tournament and thinking about, you know, the facilities. So it was quite easy in that way. So important for all sides of that. And, you know, excited for, for Minnewaska. You know, I saw it a couple of weeks ago for the first time and uh, it's, it's, it's going to play, it's going to play tough. It'd be interesting. Yeah. And so Minnewaska is a, it's a fun track. You know, I love it. And of course I, I was joking earlier because again, Minnewaska was going to happen in 2023. So this is, this really doesn't change a whole lot for the venues other than that. They're just flopping years. And so um, it, it's, it's the best for everybody. It makes a lot of sense. And uh, you know, again, it's great for Scotty, but it was going to happen next year. Anyways, I don't think you're close enough to a heart attack, Scott, where we have to start thinking, you know, like maybe you won't be around for the next one. Um, I think you're in pretty good shape. So uh, I start thinking that way for me, you know, I, I got to think, well, maybe I won't make another one. So uh, you don't have to worry about that. That was going to happen, but uh, glad for Waska. Thank you, Casey. Um, all the guys up there, Bob Miller and, and you, Scotty, I know had to go to bat with the, with the board for Waska too, because they're giving up some dates and uh, they had to be okay with, uh, do we have anything on the calendar? Uh, or can we move the calendar? Um, a lot of us have our calendars full already, and uh, it, it's it's really um, a credit to everybody involved that had that happen. So any final words on that, you two? Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, and Tone talked about it with Telly when they when they released the announcement. You know, this is, uh, you know, Minnewaska, this, is, this isn't their first big event that they've hosted, the PGA. They hosted the Junior Girls PGA Championship, which – Kaylee just alluded to it was a national qualifier. And then we also had the senior PGA professional championship. And uh, it, it, it's, it's been a great site. And, you know, they've hosted two pro-ams the last four years and a pro-am for 10 plus years. So it's, they, they've, the club has been a big supporter of the PGA. And this is just a testament to, and they've hosted a players tour event every year. So it's like, hey, this is a facility that's partnered with the PGA and this is the PGA's arguably, I think if we all agree, cause we're all PGA members here, this is the biggest event for us each year. So it's uh, it was just kind of the, the next step for Minnewaska to host an event of this magnitude. Um, so I will say this one last thought. And I was at a place this past week that I think we should look at for a section championship. Really? I was I, I was up at uh, my buddy's cabin on Big Sandy, and this place has got a pro-am this year. They're McGregor. a club car facility, Minnesota National, Chad Weiss. It is a great facility. It is a tough golf course, Greg. He said they just re-rated it almost 77 from the back tees. <laughs> so buckle up when the pro-am's there late September I'm sure it's going to be cold the ball's going to go nowhere it's it's really great and I think it's for sure once we start looking outstate again you know in a couple of years Chad's done a great job there they've got a great clubhouse lodging on site I think it would be a great spot 
Tone, put it on. Nice plug, Scotty. Great job. Yeah. It's- yeah. I mean, honestly, working with Chad on the on the pro am, it was um something that he he wants to have discussions for other things. So we said, let's do a pro am and get it up there. And so yeah, definitely yeah, his consideration. Tone, his uh Chad talked to me and Scotty at the hundred holes of hope. And he says, you guys got to be in. I need you in. And we're like, yeah, we plan stuff. We're going to go. And then he started telling us about his owner and what he wants to throw into this thing. And me and Scott went literally just like this. (laughs) We're like, no. And his owner is all in on this baby. Right, Scotty? For sure. For sure. It's going to be a great event. And I hope that the members support him because I got a feeling if Tone, if if you get up there and see it, that will have something there and they're doing, you know, there's there, it's tough, but they're making some renovations to make it more playable. And I think the renovations they're making, it's, it's, it's a, it's a great facility and, and Chad's done a great job there. If, uh, if he hasn't gotten uh, nominated for facility promoter of the year on that side, he should, because he's doing a great job up there. Gave me a great idea. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. Yeah. Plug that in. All right, Tone, thanks a lot. Scotty, uh, thanks for another great podcast this morning. Uh, by the way, great job by you with starting the uh, starting the, the ball rolling at Minnewaska. You deserve a lot of credit for that. I don't think Waska was on the PGA map until you got there. Uh, a lot of people don't know that, but uh, good job that you've done there. Um, I know that you're still part of that, and you, uh, you're, you're part of that uh, – leadership team if you will and Casey has done a great job taking over for you when you abandoned chip up there but uh we're glad that you don't roll your eyes hey I like how you put the the dagger in there so one thing are we gonna get our preview of Minnewaska for the section members listen don't maybe we can tip it because it'll force us to do it but again if we can't find a date I don't know what happened but well maybe we should let's just announce it we are going to try Scotty and I and Tony and Kaylee have to be a part of this, or at least Kaylee. We're going to try to do a section preview. We're going to do an 18-hole little podcast, and we're going to try to talk you through the little quirks up there at the Minnewaska Golf Club. It'll be something that you'll want to catch. Scotty, uh, what, what do you have to add to that? Yeah, I think um, for sure the the members that have played in the Pro-Ams in the past are going to have a leg up. Would you Would you say, Greg? 100%. You yeah. cannot go to Oscar blind. Hello. Yeah. Do not yeah. go to Waska blind if you want to win the section championship. Just, just call it that. Yep. It's uh, you gotta. So there will be the pro pro the day before. Um, the greens for sure are the d- most difficult uh, thing. At, seventeen at, on the stem. So, well, they're not seventeen on the stem. So let's uh, maybe thirteen and a half. But yeah, seventeen on the stem when it's blowing thirty and straight down. That's yeah. ridiculous. Maybe. Yeah, they're so they're so crisp and pure. See, I tried to say cure, crisp and yeah. pure at the same time. That again, downhill, downwind. They're seventeen. Yeah, it's it's uh, so that, and it's for sure. It you got to take the thing that's great about Minnewaska. You got to take care of the par fives and the par threes because there's five of each. There's ten of them, so there's way more. You know, there's, there's and you got to take care of the par fours. Well, yeah, you take care of all 18 holes, you probably got a pretty good chance. But for sure out there, trouble and reward are most evident on the par threes and the par fives. All right, Scotty, that's uh, that's all we got for today. Great job here. 
season five, episode six, Club Road Chatter, brought to you by Ripstick. Hey, okay. what, by the way, I did some counting before I, I ruined your closing. This is episode 35. Hey, nice. Well, so now we, we can to... just go 36. Yeah, when we get to episode number 50, maybe we'll have some sort of special gathering. But anyways, great job today, Kaylee. Great job, Tone. Thanks a lot, Scotty. We hope to see you all in a couple of weeks and keep an eye on YouTube for that preview. We'll pump it out somewhere, but it's going to happen. It, I hope it happens now because we've said we're going to do it. So everybody hope you have a great day.